time to make your fantasy a reality. With the help of the crew over at Fantasy Insider and the boys at Woot and Wide, this is DFS Down Under. Welcome back to another episode of DFS Down Under. I am Josh Y, and we are brought to you by Fantasy Insider, the trusted tools used by Australia's daily fantasy sports players. And I'm joined by Josh Woot, back in the studio. Yep. After a two-day work conference thing that you were... Oh, last week? Yep. Okay. I was Not like, this week. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I checked your diary that I, that I keep on it's you. It's all clear. You, you were free this week. Yeah. So. It's well, all good. Um, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, did you uh, play DFS last week? Um, a little bit. How'd you go? A little bit. Um, I'm glad you guys covered Larry Fitz for me in my absence. Yep. Went um, off. Thank you very much for that. Um, yes, keeping with it. Larry Fitz has been gold. Yep. This year and, uh, he's on pace for some staggering numbers. He is. The, the old boy. The old boy does not let up. That's for sure. What, is Bruce, what did Bruce Arians say uh, after their win this week? I, I guess I'm good at coaching 30-year-olds because AP went off as well. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Oh, well, uh, let's get into the Week 7 slate. And speaking of some old dogs, uh, your first quarterback is an old dog. That he is. He's ancient. Uh, Drew Brees <laughs> going up against these Packers. Uh, yeah. the we, we saw Drew Brees this week only throw for 186 yards. Which was absolutely staggering considering they scored over 50 points. Yep. Um, but they're going up against the Packers who have, if you didn't know, um, we're about to drop a huge bombshell on you, but Aaron Rodgers is out. Wow. Broken collarbone. Yep. Uh, yeah, and. Quinton Rollins. Yes. Quinton Rollins. Goolskis? Yep. And not to say that Hundley's going to come in and perform poorly, but nowhere near the level of Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And. That's that means plenty of the ball for the Saints as well. I see this. I see Breeze just having, you know, a lot of just a lot of touches. He, he's going to have a lot of plays to make. Yes, the running game is going to get uh, it's going to get fed just like last week. But you know, there's there's holes to exploit on this defense. And Drew Breeze, I like it. Yeah, nineteenth ranked uh, pass defense uh, by DVOA. So bottom half of the league there. Uh, I like Tyrod Taylor this week against the Buccaneers defense. We saw what uh, another old dog in Carson Palmer did to them uh, last week, throwing for for quite a lot of yards and points early on, and then they sort of just put the what is it the cue in the rack as they say, and and tried to just uh, sneak out a victory last week uh, despite some the cue in the rack. Is it? I don't know. He threw three touchdowns, nearly three hundred yards, and the Bucks. Bucks defense, uh, you know, DVOA football outsiders. I, I use it a lot, but it's I like it because it, I think it's it's a really good tool Metric. to use in yeah in in DFS. So they're thirty first in pass defense and just eye test from watching them. You know that their secondary is in deep deep. So I I like Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I <laughs> I like uh, Tyrod Taylor uh, this week. He's only seven thousand on Moneyball and thirteen thousand. On draft stars, so I do prefer him probably on draft stars. Um, the difference between him and Drew Brees isn't that much um, on uh, on draft stars as opposed to Moneyball. Uh, I'll go to my next quarterback as well. I like Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that? Against the Philadelphia defense, that's missing some key secondary players, which you know about. Uh, but they're still a top 
15 defense overall, despite missing secondary, but their pass, pass defense is, is struggling a little bit because it is missing, you know, those crucial players. But, um, good luck running the ball against them. The way to beat them is through the air. Yep. Uh, I'm a bit nervous about it. Like I, it's all good on paper. And, but you just never know about this pass rush. That's the thing that I, it freaks me out a little bit. You could get, you know, there could be a few, uh, um, batted passes and things like that that just fall into the laps of, uh, some of these DBs. But yeah, on paper, it's, it's a good pick. Uh, my other one is Jared Goff against the Cards. Cards have, uh, yes, we saw them bounce back last week, but Jared Goff's looked good. He has. Jared Goff has looked really good. And this, this price, especially on draft stars, I like. Do you like Tyra Taylor better than Jared Goff? Uh, I like both their matchups. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's rushing probably gives me the slight edge over Goff, but you saw Ryan Fitzpatrick come in and throw for three touchdowns at nearly 300 yards in, in three quarters against, uh, against this Cardinals secondary. Um, you know, Patrick Peterson is great, but he's, he can't do it all, all alone. Yeah. Well, I, to be honest, I like Tyrod Taylor as a higher floor, but I think Jared Goff has far more potential to put up a massive score than Tyrod. Yep. But yes, saying that, I do. Uh, this is a good matchup against the Cardinals, but Jared Goff and the Rams as a whole have just looked good season long. So I, I yep. think you, I think you continue to roll with it. And I know that I, I really think the money ball in particular hangs on to like the bigger names and gives price bumps to just like you know names that have been around for a while. And Jared yep. Goff and that they, st- they still seem to be adjusting. I don't yep. think you know. This is a good matchup for Drew Brees. That's why we've recommended him. But if we're not recommending one player like that, you've got to look to the middle of the bunch players like this. Yep. And look, Goff's come off sort of two below 10-point games. But you, when you go from Seattle secondary and Jacksonville secondary, two of the best in the NFL, to now the Cardinals, that's a huge improvement. And even in those performances, he still was pretty steady. Um, even against Jacksonville's number one ranked uh past defense that we saw Big Ben just absolutely explode on. He, he still threw one touchdown and zero picks. Only 124 yards, but they had a short field a lot of the time thanks to thanks to his defense. So um, I definitely like, I think all four of ours, I'll probably use all four of them in, in, ro- in rotation for lineups this mm-hmm. week. Uh, moving on to running back, and I'm going to go against my Colts. We saw what Derrick Henry did in primetime um, and DeMarco Murray against the uh, my Colts teams, we've got no linebackers. Our linebacking core is terrible. Uh, John I heard Simon. That's a problem. Yeah. When trying to defend. John Simon is a great addition on the edge, but we don't have any linebackers. Um, the best play our linebacker made was knocking out our corner, um, on a hit late, uh, the first time he showed anticipation and then just wrong angle, knocked out Rashawn Melvin. So Leonard Fournette, who's been a machine, he's scored every single week um, of his career in the NFL, and I like that to continue against the Colts. Uh, he's he's pricey, but I just think he's so worth it because he's just going to get you at least 18 carries a game, and he's just always a danger to break one of those off for a huge game. Yep. Um, all season long, he's been just a gun. Yep. Uh, you want pricey. I'm going to skip ahead to a running back that I've got listed here. Ezekiel Elliott going up against the 49ers. 21,600. On draft stars. (laughs) On draft stars. Probably an avoid on draft stars. On draft stars. That is insane. Um, Moneyball. Look, look to Zeke on Moneyball if you're going to put him in your lineup. 49ers have just been pretty, pretty bad against the run. And Zeke, if you didn't know, 
just got off his suspension because the judge that needs to make a ruling, uh, <laughs> they're on vacation. So that's, that's great news for Zeke and Zeke owners in long, season long fantasy, me. And yes, yeah, so it's, it's, it is good, but, uh, that's only for two weeks. So number one, make the most of him while you can. Number two, this is a, this is a good matchup and like, it is, it is pricey, not gonna lie, it is pricey, um, especially on draft stars, but if he's gonna go off, he's gonna go off against a team like the 49ers, and he's, 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 de- he's definitely gonna be a, like a difference maker in your team if you have Ezekiel Elliott in there, and this is the kind of team that they just, you know, they don't risk throwing it around or anything like that, they just run it up against 49ers and just, Get yeah. out of there. I remember last year, it was just like an automatic start against the Niners defense for running backs. Cause well, that's they what just, we did every single awful. week. Yeah, and it, and it worked. They're much, much better uh, this season, but they're still they're still giving up points to running backs, and I think that's just a smart play uh, because you, you're not going to have many chances to play Zeke, and he's still under 9,000 on Moneyball, so he's not quite that top tier of price. Yet and look, uh, the 49ers are the third ranked team in terms of points giving up to running backs. So, yeah, yep. I was excited before we started to come on and say, "Yeah, play Alfred Morris. He's cheap. He's going to go off." Or Darren McFadden, um, you know, five thousand for five thousand seven hundred for Alfred Morris and and five thousand seven hundred for McFadden. But uh, the vacation saved uh, saved Zeke. Uh, my second one is Jarek McKinnon, who's just been an absolute PPR machine. So I lean more to draft stars for McKinnon this week um, against the Ravens defense that is really good, but somehow really bad against the run. Um, so kind of the anti-Jags. Um, oh, no, sorry, the same as the Jags. Sorry, apologies. Uh, but, yeah, they, they're really susceptible to the run, and they've, they've given up a lot of points to running backs. Uh, they're in the top six in terms of points allowed to running back wedged in between the Jets and, and the Steelers. So I like Jarek McKinnon. You know he's a threat to to uh, catch four or five passes in the passing game as well, and he's shown that he's definitely the lead dog um, in a Dalvin Cook uh, missing offense in Minnesota. Yep. Um, my other pick is another old dog um, in AP, Adrian Peterson. Old day. Old day, AP. He's back. Um, did but, he ever leave? Yeah, he did. <laughs> Well, I think he was there, but he wasn't there in his head. He yep. was just elsewhere. Or Sean Payton wouldn't budge. That's it. I think it was just a whole stubbornness thing. Yep. But anyway, Arians was right when he said he could coach guys over 30 because AP went off. And whether or not it was just, you know, just one last, hey, look, I can stick it to people when I want to kind of thing. Yep. Or they're legitimately back. Going up against the Rams is a really juicy matchup for AP. And he is 3,600 cheaper than the guy I just mentioned, Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm on Moneyball, and he is less than half of what he is on Draft Stars. He's only 9,350 on Draft Stars, 5,100 on Moneyball. I really like AP this week in both formats. Where did the Rams' rush defense go? It was good last year. It's gone. They're they're the number one ranked. They're the worst team against fantasy running backs by a four-point gap between the Colts. It's incredible, right? You, you think you, look at the, look at the players they got there as well. It's yeah. not like they got no no like it's <laughs> I don't know. Keep giving Ali Google tree stacks of money. I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, Don- <laughs> Donald got paid, man. Yeah, uh, Mark Ingram is my third running back. Wait, He's... did he get paid? No, Aaron Donald has not got paid. That's Alec Ogletree got paid. All right, and hey. the punter got paid. Aaron Donald just might be just like, like, oh, hey, <laughs> go for it, tackle that guy. AP. 
Away you go. You Take go. it to the house, baby. 5,100 cheap. Cheapest chips for AP, by the way. Um, so well worth the investment this week. Uh, Mark Ingram. Yeah, we got a, actually, we got a tweet about should we start AP this week in fantasy from one of our listeners? And then, and, or should I wait till next week? And we, I was very tempted to write, I wouldn't start him for the rest of the year. Like he's done. But I was just like, I'll just wait a week. And I was like, oh man. He went off. He'll probably end up going back to like 2.6 yards per carry this week. But, um, yeah, he's definitely worth a stash now, at least, um, given the form. Um, but another beneficiary from that trade, Mark Ingram, uh, finally now getting the right amount of carries and his workloads increased over the last two weeks with a bye week wedged in between those. But he's still in the $7,000 range on Moneyball, um, a little bit pricier on Draft Stars, nearing that $15,000 mark. But against the Packers, uh, run defense that's uh, in the bottom half of the league. I, I like Mark Ingram. Um, you sh- you saw the new approach from from the uh, Saints in terms of their ground and pound uh, mentality, and Ingram is looking good. How much of that do you put down to just AP not being there? It's so weird. I don't. Yeah, because not much has changed. No, like it's just the, not the. They're just not trying to. I think they're less predictable now because you knew when the situations where they were going to put AP on the field. And given that Kamara can still run it inside and Ingram can also catch, they're rotating these backs and teams don't know what to do with it. I think that's going to help them for the next few weeks until teams start to do some more research and tape. But because they're both pretty, they're both thunder and lightning. Like they're not one or the other. Like you can do whatever you want with both of them. So they can just mix it up. I like Kamara as well this week. Yep. yep. Um, another similar back I've, I've thrown in there, James White, purely because of, uh, the narrative going up against the Falcons, the guy that uh, was that final he's... nail in the coffins. Coffins? I guess, I guess 53 every, Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, I guess every player was in the coffin at the end of that. Um, yeah, the, the guy that crushed the Falcons' uh, Super Bowl hopes last season with that last-ditch effort, which was still a bit debatable. Yep. But, uh, yeah, for, who knows? They might just roll him out there and give him tons of the ball again. That'd be that'd be great. He was the MVP. To be honest, he I was the that. real MVP of that game. He was huge. He was massive. Um, and he's still he's under five thousand on Moneyball. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of reasons why he's still so cheap. Yeah. Yes, I, given that four-headed. He might not there. get the ball, and we could wouldn't be, be surprised. Big, could be a big Dion Lewis game. But hope so. I don't know. It would be very Bill Belichick like to uh, just throw James White yep. back in to haunt the Falcons again. Uh, I hope he does. It'll be great. I hope James White goes off. Yep. Uh, wide receiver time. Hmm. I'm putting Julio Jones in again. He's... All right. How about we just do that? All right. You're putting in Julio again. Yep. I'm putting in Larry Fitzgerald again. And Fitzgerald will outscore Julio again, mm-hmm. and we'll move on. Surely this is the week Julio goes off. I thought it was last week against Miami, but against the Pats, 32nd ranked pass defense. They've allowed 300 yards every week to the quarterback. Surely this is the Julio week. Don't worry, Julio's going to get more targets in the red zone this year. Um, he, yeah, remember that. Remember that narrative all the Taylor way. Taylor Gabriel has five red zone targets. Julio one. Great strat, bold strategy. Buddy Julio. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. I think that data's cursed Julio Jones. All right, our uh, next two. I've gone with Michael Crabtree against the Chiefs. Uh, that's still the one negative. Of the Chiefs is trying to find someone opposite Marcus Peters, and they are missing Eric Berry a lot. So their secondary is susceptible to the pass, and I think uh, Michael Crabtree is probably the most reliable target now for Derek Carr at this point. Um, Amari Cooper looks checked out for this year. It's 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 a bizarre sort of 
narrative one to watch over the next few weeks whether he can bounce back. But um, they're second in, in fantasy points uh, allowed to wide receivers, opposing wide receivers, the Kansas City defense, and I like uh, Crabtree this week. Yep. Um, the next two of my wide receivers are pretty similar in playing style, to be honest. They're both those high-volume slot kind of guys. Um, Pierre Garcon and Jarvis Landry. Garcon lines up a little bit more on the outside, but yep. um, he has seen his fair share in the middle as well. Um, Pierre Garcon is 6,300. Landry is 7,000. Uh, Landry has probably the more opportunity to explode going up against the Jets. And if you're game enough to go with the Dolphins wide receiver and Jarvis Landry, because the Dolphins are just the most unpredictable team in all the NFL. Yep. And it, he has every uh, opportunity to go off against this Jets defense, which just seems to either be really stingy or just really leaky. It's 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 a really weird defense. Flip a coin. Yep. And Garcon, as we saw last week, he's still the guy. He's still the number one wide receiver for the 49ers, and he's going to get plenty of volume up against this Cowboys defense, which has shown that it's got holes everywhere. And I think it, this plays really well, well into Pierre Garcon's <laughs> hands. Man, Jarvis Landry, the lowest amount of catches he's taken in a game this year is five. So uh, you know he's good for six, seven catches pretty much every game. Going into the season, he was almost forgotten about. Mm. It's he just, was not a flashy pick. No, no, not at all. Uh, so I think in draft stars, the, being the PPR format, I'd probably lean to more Landry than Garcon and then vice versa. Moneyball. Uh, my last two wide receivers are Rashad Matthews, and Josh Doxson. I like Josh Doxson and Kirk Cousins in a uh, very cheap uh, stack. Doxson against the Eagles, who are missing uh, secondary players that I mentioned when explaining Kirk Cousins. Uh, Doxson, 5000 on Moneyball. He's an absolute st- must, I think, in draft stars. Only $6,000 in draft stars. And uh, I don't think Terrell Pryor has really extended himself as a like true number one. And I, I know I stuffed up his surname a little Pryor, bit there. Pryor. We've, we've suddenly turned slack jawed. Um, I don't know. Well, Prang, Pierre Garçon. <laughs> Welcome to Cletus's uh, podcast from The Simpsons. Uh, but, can I, let's let's mention that before we started recording, we yeah. were we were so tongue tied in just normal conversation, know, and we're, we're all stuttering all and we're dyslexic note. and everything, <laughs> and we said this is going to be average. Yeah, so, beautiful. <laughs> Look, I know Josh Doxson's had. Only one reception, two receptions, and one reception over the last three weeks. But touchdowns. He scores touchdowns. I think the tide's turning. I'm not believing in Crowder and, and Pryor. So Doxon at 5,000 against this uh, Eagles secondary. I think it's going to be a shootout um, in this game. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. And then Rashad Matthews obviously has a, a really easy matchup against the Browns. Is Josh Doxon the number one Josh in the NFL? <laughs> have to listen to... Uh, our normal show to to check out on that. Right. He's a if he scores a touchdown for us, he's a leading Josh of the Week candidate next week. All right, cool. Um, my last one is Brandon Cooks. He's the guy. He's the guy there. Um, and going up against this Falcons uh, defense in the rematch of the last Super Bowl. Well, he didn't play in it. No, I know. I'm just saying, oh, yeah. going up in that game yep. as the new face and everything like that. This Falcons defense. I don't know what to say about letting the letting the Dolphins come back into that game. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, all it says is that if the Falcons are up by twenty odd points in the third quarter, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll be right. So you're not that special, Tom. Jay Cutler did it as well. <laughs> Come on, mate. Hey, 
They're both very special players. <laughs> All right, tight end position. Uh, my picks pretty pretty matchup based. Uh, you know, with his DFS, but Jimmy Graham. You know, not the greatest of form lines coming into it, but against the Giants, uh, I talk about how big the gap is between the Rams and the rest of the field in regards to you know points against the running back position against the tight end position. The de- Giants defense is the worst, and and by a good margin in the uh, in terms of the rest of the competition. So. They've allowed seven receiving touchdowns to tight ends this year, and I like Jimmy Graham uh, to uh, to go off this week. And because his form's not the best, his price is pretty appropriate at $5,800. So he's a reasonable price on Moneyball. It's a reasonable price on Draft Stars as well at 7800 I also like Hunter Henry against the Broncos. Um, you saw what Evan Ingram did against the Broncos in primetime, and I think Hunter Henry... Given the no-fly zone and the play of the corners, Philip Rivers might target his tight ends a little bit more. Yep. Um, I'll raise you, Jimmy Graham. Um, $100, in fact, on Moneyball to Delaney Walker. With Ma- Mariota going... Sorry. <clears throat> Just uh, clearing the old throat there. Yep. Mariota going up... time, mate. <laughs> Mariota going up against the Browns. Easing back into it. Still going to look for his safety net. Delaney Walker's still that consistent guy. How old is he now? 33, 34? He's pretty old. Uh, to be honest, that. I thought he was far younger, say, Remember, last he season. Had a lot season of, he had a lot of years in San Fran where he was a backup and didn't really play. And it just was more years than many expected. He is 33. There you go. See, I know things. Yeah, I like him this week. I like going, I, to be honest, I like the matchup against the Browns, um, as any week. It's not going out on a limb here to go, oh, going up against the Browns is a, that's a favorable option. Uh, the Browns have looked bad against nearly every team they've played up, they've played against. Yep. Delaney Walker looks They're the, the they're the second, uh, in terms of points allowed to tight ends as well. I mean, to nearly every position, they'd be yeah, bottom pretty, five, wouldn't they? Pretty bad. Uh, what's your other, uh, tight end? Kyle Rudolph, because I like his name. All right, let's go to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, Kyle Rudolph um, going up against the Ravens. Can I just just mention the uh, Vikings for a second? Yep. Rudolph was he performing better with or with uh, Bradford or with Bridgewater? Has there been any? I'm not sure about the in and out splits of that. It might be worth uh, loading up Rotoviz and, and checking that I out. Or Fantasy inside a lineup cruncher as well. You can, um, I'm sure, Darren. I'm not sure if it's released yet. I haven't you can actually go checked. Back in time, che- to yeah, find check it. that out. I'm not sure if it's out yet on the cruncher. We'll have to ask him. But we can uh, we can run that anyway uh, later on in the week and work that out. Because coming up, if they decide, hey, we're rolling with Bridgewater, could be huge for that. Might old, be uh, that might be good for, for the, the old, old reindeer. Yeah. yeah, but going up against the Ravens, who are a suspect outfit, unpredictable as well. Weird team. Weird team. Not too good against the, the old tight end. No. Carl is a safety net for that Vikings team as well, so I like that. Yep. Speaking of that game, we both have defenses from that game. We're expecting a low-scoring affair, it seems, and expecting the, the team to produce a turnover or two. Joe Flacco definitely prone to extend that uh, turnover and interception streak, and Case Keenum often sort of rogue with the ball, uh, can... can Little be be a little bit clumsy from time to time. I still can't believe we're talking about him as yeah. a starting quarterback. Wow. So I've I've gone with the Vikings at four seven and you've gone with the Ravens at four five, so take your pick mm-hmm. on those. I've also got uh Buffalo against the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston's a little bit banged up with the shoulder and we know he can be a little bit reckless with the ball as well. And Buffalo are the second or third ranked defense overall. I 
uh, on DVOA, so they're sorry second. So coming off a bye, fresh at home as well. I like the Bills. Yeah, very well coached team in Buffalo. Um, couldn't say that about them. Say two seasons ago with the the Ryan brothers, the Ryan brother era. That was. Yep. Atrocious. Um, yeah, my my last defensive play is Seahawks going up against the Giants. The Giants aren't going to find it as easy running the ball against the Seahawks. And then if they have to go through the air, they're not throwing to anyone. Yep. So Seahawks might have a field day. And we know that uh, Manning under pressure isn't the most. No. I think that win last week kind of a, I don't know. Like an sort of, outlier. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think... Could have an, sort of an ambush. Yeah, but I also think that Pete Carroll will understand far better than what the Broncos did. The Broncos went, hmm, okay. I I see that they have no wide receivers and only running backs. Yep. I'm going to stop the pass. Yep. And then they ran all over. I don't understand. They didn't even try to stop the run. It was just... It's a weird, weird week, and we'll, uh, we'll get... Daryl right. on the phone to talk I'll about ask, that. I want to ask Daryl about it. Yeah, thing. we'll ask him about uh, week six and talk week seven. Hey, Wooten Wire listeners, are you always getting beaten by the pros on Moneyball and Draft Stars? It's time to level the playing field. Fantasy Insider has the best projections and tools in the game used and trusted by Australia's leading daily fantasy sports players. Get the edge and win some cash in your NFL contest this weekend with Fantasy Insider. Sign up for free right now at fantasyinsider.com.au slash wootwire. Again, that's fantasyinsider.com.au slash wootwire. Uh, so you're not only getting NFL, you're getting NBA now, with NBA being back today. How did you go in your first day with NBA? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, I think I ended up 13th, 19th, um, so profitable without kind of hitting the massive pay scale that is the top 10 at the moment. Yep. Um, but yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. Be the first, just the two games today. Tomorrow we'll have that kind of full slate. Yep. Um, and see how that ends up today. I think basically, I think 20, 30% of the field had Hayward before he, um, pretty nasty injury. Yeah. I'm going to um, throw up thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to avoid the highlights and the photos ever since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all do it. It's, yeah. And there's always one sicker that'll post it on uh, social media and it's just, you can't avoid it at some point. It catches yeah. up to you. Uh, what about last week? How do we go if, with NFL? It's kind of a topsy-turvy week um, in terms of results overall, and DFS, it was not different either. No, yeah, it's not a profitable week for me. I think I was down kind of one or two entries, um, the daily fantasy stuff, to go with the bookmaker odds, um, and obviously you had a lot of 10, 12-point favourites. Um, the stats inside the models thought that those favourites weren't quite as big as they should be. So we yep. had a lot of underdog bets on the stats insider stuff and they yep. turned out uh, very, very well. But yeah, the DFS stuff, not so brilliantly. Yeah. So at least you covered all bases there and, uh, yeah, covered everything at least. Yeah, it's a nice hedge. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, a, not a bad hedge. Uh, so what is what is the cruncher like this week at the uh, quarterback position? Um, so he's quite keen on that kind of Atlanta-New England matchup. Um, so you've got kind of Brady, you've got um, Ryan again. Um, Drew Brees, I think, is a good option on both sides, I think. Um, interesting uh, contest there. Um, Philip Rivers. and uh, but Moneyball, I quite like the look of Kirk Cousins this week. Um, I think at the salary that Moneyball have in that, he's a good play, and I think he'll probably be in a couple of my teams over there. There we go. Hit on a few of ours. Yeah, hit, uh, you doubled down and confirmed some of the players that we had, so that's always 
reassuring when Data Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on the same page. It's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah, yeah that New England matchup's gonna be a recurring theme, I think. The question is just what the ownership percentages look like of the players in that game. Yeah, it has uh, the has the highest uh, Vegas total by I think a touchdown, so it's uh yeah. we're still waiting on a Buffalo uh Buccaneers game to feed through in terms of pricing, a bit of conjecture about uh, Jameis Winston, but I can't imagine that being anywhere near uh, the, I think it's 55 points that we're yeah. seeing from Atlanta and uh, New England. 55 is a pretty high total in Vegas terms. I, I try to think kind of what the bigger totals I've seen were, and it must be up there with them. Yeah, I think the highest I've seen recently, I think, was, I can't remember who it was, but it was. I think it was New Orleans and the Giants last year, and it was like fifty-eight and a half points. Um, and wasn't yeah. that one of the lowest? Lowest score it ended up being like thirty-nine <laughs> or something. It was just like, yeah, yeah it was just ridiculous. Um, yeah, so um, often those games are always a bit of a letdown, but you know, Super Bowl rematch like like that, and both teams struggling and desperate for the win, um, or not struggling, mm. but struggling in terms of their expectation. Um, it's definitely, definitely a uh, a must-win game for both. Uh, sorry, yeah. Uh, running back position. Uh, Freeman seems to be a name that that pops up every week, but you don't obviously you won't want yeah. to stack your team too many with too many Falcons players. No, and we talked about this bit last week, right? That whether you kind of if you're going with that um, Atlanta stack, do you put him in? I think yeah, this is potentially again he comes up on the country quite a bit, but it's potentially an interesting week to look elsewhere again, depending on how you think that Atlanta New England game is going to go and. Where kind of the ownerships um, percentages are going to end up. Um, the uh, the thing with the running back, if there's going to be a high scoring game, you, know, you could end up with kind of him getting a few cheap touchdowns from sort of the three five yard line after some throws, and that's always kind of partly the logic of putting him in. But yeah, as I say, other options as well. Um, I think um, Lynch is cheap this week, if my numbers have come out correctly. So again, kind of tempted to have a look at him. Uh, Melvin Gordon, um, Jordan Howard, Kamara is still an option. Um, Gillisley, I think it's also a reasonable price. Um, and uh, Leonard Fournette, I quite like the look of this week as well. Nice. Um, Gillisley, Gil- Gillisley, Gillisley. A uh, little bit nervous about him with the whole fumble situation in uh, <laughs> in New England. They seem to be unforgiving when it comes to uh, running backs, having the butterfingers over there. Yeah, they got a reputation for it. It's, you know, I guess we'll know a bit more from the practices throughout the week. Um, so kind of by Sunday, we might have a bit of a better idea how that's going to play out. Yeah, any cheaper running backs that you prefer? Um, I know Lynch is a pretty good option, but is there any other ones that you, you might be throwing in as your second running back? Um, I say Lynch, uh, as we sort of think, is the, um, I think... Uh, um, Moneyball, there's a couple. Um, I think Murray's kind of a more reasonable price there. But second running backs, are kind. Of, I've been looking a bit over the last few days at what some of the winning teams have been um, on both the sites this year. And money, a lot of them seem to be paying up for two kind of solid running backs at the expense of elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think perhaps people are spending a bit too much money on wide receivers for my money, whereas um, it probably can go with cheap options at wide receiver. You get a kind of a different risk profile, but that allows you to spend up at um, running back and at tight end if you need to do that. There we go. Cool. Interesting. Um, wide receiver. So Josh and I both have our uh, 
<laughs> Standard two. Standard two in Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald and Julio. Um, yes. <laughs> that tone. <laughs> we, we have a theory that you've, uh, you've cursed, um, Julio Jones, by the way. Ever yeah. since we've mispronounced his name, he's, he hasn't scored a touchdown. He's had one target in the red zone. And this is supposed to be, you know, arguably one, two wide receiver in the league. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels good every week rolling out Larry Fitzgerald and him just putting up a consistent score in comparison. But, yep. um, yeah, is there who do you, who do you like this week, wide receiver wise? Um, I, I've sorry, Fitzgerald is one I've never kind of minded at Moneyball. I think that the draft stars pricing on him is still a bit too much. Yep. Um, as for cursing Julio, yeah, I mean, I probably should add up how many of my lineups he's messed up this year because it's probably a decent amount. Um, I'm. Yeah, it's hard to get away from him. Like if you, even if you look at if you look at the output of our model, but also if you look at kind of what sort of the US sites project for him every week, they're still projecting him to score, you know, one one and a half touchdowns. Uh, and you think he's got to do it eventually, but yeah, it's a risky one. Um, otherwise, um, I think Ty Hilton kind of an interesting option this week. Um, again, in that New England game, of course, you've got Cooks um, potentially. Uh, Macklin, I think, is a reasonable price for, and we got him projected at 11.1, and so on kind of a dollar per point basis, he makes it in. And if you're doing what I talked about previously and going with a couple of the more expensive options at running back, then I think he's one you might look at there. Mm-hmm. Um, Crabtree, Michael Evans, yeah, there's a lot of viable kind of wide receiver options. And that's why I'm, again, kind of coming back to that point, just because I've been looking at it the last few days, I think. There's so many kind of equal dollar per point options at wide receiver that I think maybe that position's being overvalued a bit. Um, yeah, the money ball, Keenan Allen, I think it's one that stands out. And you've also got Jones, Cooks, Crabtree, Evans, all kind of viable play. Yeah, a few of the names that that we've mentioned uh, on on the show uh, just earlier. Uh, at the tight yeah. end position, uh, Josh asked an interesting question before about... Uh, a certain split uh, between having a player and a quarterback. I know you, the cruncher, you mentioned that a few weeks ago. Um, is that up and running? Um, what, the doing of the stacks or what's the... Yeah, com- you, uh, it was the comparison tool that you mentioned. You can determine uh, the splits yeah. um, where you worked out uh, Hilton. With and without. Yeah, with and without. Um, yeah, um, so that got added to the site yesterday. There um, you go. It should be there for the NFL players. Um, I tested it on the NBA players. Um, I'll go back and make sure it's working properly for NFL. But, yeah, it should be there. Um, so you basically go into the player profile. So you click the little eye icon next to them on the cruncher, um, yeah. and then it will give you a drop down, and you can select the other player, and it will show you how they score with and without them in the team. Wow. All right. Well, we can uh, we can do that off air. We're trying to work out how uh, Kyle Rudolph goes with, Case Keenum and Bradford, and then possibly with Bridgewater historically as well. So, um, just mm-hmm. because there's talk about Bridgewater coming back, and uh, Rudolph was a player that we liked this week. Uh, I know you won a lineup with Rudolph as your tight end. Uh, is he someone you like? He didn't this score week? much. No, he's, I think he scored zero, didn't he, that week? 0.2 or something. Yeah. <laughs> something bizarre like that. Um, so, other tight ends, um, Jordan Reed. Um, I take Harvey Dolph, as you mentioned. And the quarterback situation there, I think, is going to be an interesting one. And obviously, there's certain players, if you do bring um, Bridgewater back, that he'll have relationships with. And um, you probably might see him kind of preferring those players early on. Um, Lenny Walker, Travis Kelshay, um, I think 
kind of good options, both slates, um, Moneyball, um, Cook, Felina, and I think Evan Engram is kind of a more viable proposition at Moneyball than he is at draft starts this week. Yeah, we mentioned uh, Evan Ingram last week, and he uh, he found the end zone, so um, definitely worth yeah. worth the value at Moneyball. And last but not least, defense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's an interesting one. I you've got some kind of obvious options. Um, I think you guys probably have talked about a few of them. Um, you've also got kind of the Jaguars, Broncos, Redskins, who are kind of they would be about some kind of a dollar per point value. Um, I think the Falcons are 4,000 at draft stars. Um, and yes, we know obviously the total in that game, but there's kind of diminishing returns there, right? You lose points for points conceded, but most of those come in the early days. Um, and you've always got the chance, as you mentioned, the other kind of 58 total game that ended up low scoring, um, potentially as a contrarian play. I would, I don't mind the Falcons at 4,000. Yeah, that's strange that they're so low, like twelve hundred dollars lower than than anyone else. Like that seems insane. Yeah, it's gonna be a, I say one to watch there, but um, yeah, I'm make sure I got the number right. <laughs> but it's an yeah, it's an interesting kind of options to consider down there. Um, and Moneyball side of things, what have you got there? You've got I think I've got Ravens, Redskins, Jags, and Chiefs as kind of my kind of short list of four there to go from. There we go. It's always a bit of a lucky dip when it comes to defenses anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same strategy as always, right? You don't want much, too much exposure to one defense. Yeah, just definitely. spread them around a bit. Yeah. Like last week we saw the Ravens score two special teams touchdowns and the Rams did the same thing. So um, if you yeah. put your eggs in a few different baskets, um, hopefully one one can hit. But that could have won you a, a, a contest um, having the yeah. Ravens defense and the Rams defense last week so uh definitely a weird slate when there was you know four nearly five double digit favorite games and the defense defensive score had so much say on it you know this week not as many uh not as many uh favorites but i think close games might ensure a bit more competitive action hopefully uh in week seven yeah, I think it's, it's more of a watchable week this week, although last week actually turned out too bad with all of the upsets going on. Um, but yeah, lots of close matchups, lots of um, interesting games, and obviously you've got the kind of game plan situations of if a game stays tight or one team's trying to catch up, that has implications on how much running you're going to have, how much throwing you're going to have. So there's a bit of, um, I think it's going to be a bit of interesting strategy going into building teams this week. All right, Josh. Any uh, any final questions or thoughts for Data Daryl before we uh, head off? Nah, I'm looking forward to uh, breaking down all the uh, the comparison things that we were just talking about. The uh, sorry, not comparison. The splits. The, yeah, the splits in between players. I think I think that's gonna with all these injuries recently. I wanna. That's uh, an area of potential. Yep. Yeah, I think it's some interesting stuff to be there. And I'll give a quick plug for our um, betting stuff on Stats Insider. We actually publish on Fancy Insider normally on a Friday night, kind of the um, a blog that basically has sort of graphics for each game. Um, we published those last week. We had a ton of the um, underdogs, but I think we ended up at somewhere around 100, whatever it was, 160% return on investment, 186% return on investment. Um, so I doubt it will go like that every week, but we're pretty pleased with how the model's gone so far. So. Yeah, yep. definitely keen to have more people check that out. Yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, and you you post that on your Twitter account as well, so people can check that out. We'll we'll give it a retweet as well. 
Uh, all right, we'll uh, enjoy NBA the first week, big games tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk next week about uh, the success we have in week seven and look forward to week eight. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. And yeah, I should get stuck into trying to build some teams for the NBA tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> good luck and uh, enjoy. Cheers. See you, have you, See you guys. Thanks for listening to DFS Down Under. Go check out all the best premium daily fantasy tools at fantasyinsider.com.au. You can also check out all the recommendations mentioned on today's podcast online at woodenwide.com. And make sure you follow each of the boys on Twitter at This Is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at WootenY.